I'm going to be sharing some stories with you this morning, and I just want you to know that um, I do have permission from the people, um, and you're going to hear some wonderful, wonderful transformation stories. She was nine years old when her life changed. With one knock on the door, the life as she knew it was over. It would never be the same again. The knock at the door was a group of men informing this family that the father had been killed. She stood in the doorway, not saying a word, not able to speak, not able to think, not able to shed a tear. Then a flood of questions started rushing through her little mind. How were they going to make it financially? What was she going to do now? But the biggest question on her mind was, who was going to protect her? This left her with one parent, a mother. Her mother was mentally ill, physically abusive, and an addict. At nine, she had no idea what a loving mother was like. She thought all moms were this way. She had no idea the dysfunction she was living in. Her next years were filled with fear. She never knew what the day would bring. Would it bring laughter? Would it bring pain? Could she avoid being beat that day? Always fearing the day, never knowing stability or security. You see, she had lived 10 years, but moved 13 times in that 10 years. Wherever they would go, though, this little girl would find the church that was closest to her. And she would walk to church every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night by herself. And she would hear scriptures like John 14, 18. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. Psalms 68, 5. I will be the father to the fatherless and the protector of the widows. This little girl eventually grew up and married. And she brought into this marriage all of her pain, all of her fear, all of her dysfunction, as did he. And together they had, well, they were both trying. She's now expecting a baby of her own. She prayed for her child. She hoped for her child. She prepared for her child. And then one rainy day, she gave birth to a baby girl. And as I held my baby girl for the first time, I knew I could never do to her what had been done to me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to raise a child with love. I didn't know how to raise a child with security. So I remembered this scripture. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I began to pray and ask God for wisdom on how to raise this child. Guess what? He gave it to me. And not just in that moment, but in the years that followed. A dear, dear old lady saw me kind of struggling with things, and so she gave me this book. It's entitled Making Your Children Mind Without Losing Yours by Kevin Lehman. I read this book soaking up every word. I went to parenting classes at the local Christian counseling center, I never stopped learning or leaning on God. And God showed up for me and my girls so many times. I can tell you that with God's wisdom and guidance, I have given my kids a new legacy. And I'll also tell you this. This world is a better place because my kids live in it. 
Have you ever heard the saying, God never wastes a hurt? He never wastes a hurt. He will turn your mess into a message, your test into a testimony. Joyce Meyer says, we all go through tests in life. That's how we get our testimony. But some of us just end up with the monies. As my girls got older, God placed a desire in my heart to help others. So I started doing foster care. It was with the second child that I realized my call wasn't just to the child. It was to the mother as well. I was to mother the mother. I was to teach the mothers what God had taught me. I was to help them seek God's wisdom, and I knew he would give it to them because he gave it to me. So I started taking in moms and their children into my home. I would have them for about four months. I taught them how to shop, how to cook, how to feed their children, what to feed their children, how to bathe their children. I taught them how to pray for their children. And then I ended up working with a few fathers. This was my call. God has blessed me and taught me, and now my job is to pass that on. My kids are grown now. 40, 37, and 34. And I have eight grandkids. I am blessed with an incredible family. I've been in ministry for about 37 years now. I've served as a worship leader, an associate pastor, and a lead pastor. While I was a lead pastor, the pandemic hit. And not knowing what was going to happen, I put my resume out on Indeed. Well, I got a call from a lady called Miss LaShonda from the San Diego Rescue Mission. She's with us today. She asked me if I would come in for an interview, and I said I would. During that interview, I knew that was where God wanted me to be. And she says she knew it too. I was offered the position the next day. I started working as an advocate. And a few months later, Ms. LaShonda said she had been praying about who was supposed to be the family advocate, and the Holy Spirit kept bringing to her mind my name. I said, well, let me tell you about my past. So I shared with her my life's call. And I began working as a family advocate. And I love working with our families. I'm living out the call God has placed on my life every day. And I get paid for it. (laughs) That's a huge blessing. As an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene, I've studied the history of the Nazarene Church, and I know that the early believers felt that the term Nazarene embodied Christ's simple lifestyle to serve the poor. They rejected ornate, elegant houses of worship. Instead, they felt their money was better spent on saving souls and providing relief for the needy. Phineas Frizee dreamed of a church for all people that would lead them into a deep, fulfilling Christian life. Frizee challenged us to all take the gospel to the poor, the displaced, and the marginalized. I, too, believe this, and I get to live this every day. Our mission at the San Diego, our mission statement at the San Diego Rescue Mission says this. We lovingly address the needs of men and women and children experiencing homelessness by sharing the good news of salvation and providing a holistic approach to the rehabilitation and recovery. May I tell you a little bit about the mission? Here we go. This is the vision. Our vision is to see God transform the lives of those experiencing homelessness impacting San Diego one life at a time. You can go to the next slide. 
What sets us apart is we lead with Jesus, and we do it unapologetically. Every employee at the San Diego Rescue Mission has a relationship with Jesus Christ and is willing to share that with everybody. So that's what sets us apart. Therefore, we accept no government funding. That way they can't tell us what to do. We can lead with Jesus. Third, um, the homeless is not a government issue to fix, but a community issue to solve. This is why we partner with the local churches. You guys have already partnered with us so well. You've allowed us to do two baptism services here. I don't know if you know this, but you send vans to the rescue mission every Sunday, twice. One for Sunday school, one for church. And they pick up students from the, the mission and bring them here. I love that about this church. And we offer a holistic approach to rehabilitation. Um, I know the word holistic kind of, we don't like to hear that in the church so much. Um, but if you understand it better, uh, we're just offering more than just housing first. We want to address some of the needs that led them to their state. So that's what we mean by the holistic approach. Next slide. There you go. Mission Academy has three semesters. Our first semester, we focus on wellness, body, mind, and spirit. Um, a lot of these people have been on the streets for a long time. So we've got to take care of the body. We also offer therapy and mental health as well. So that's, we're addressing the mind. But we address the spirit at the San Diego Rescue Mission. Every day is started with devotions. And twice a week, we have chapel, Wednesday night and Sunday night. So we're, we're feeding them on all areas, body, mind, and soul. The second semester is job training and education. We have partnerships with a few of the local community uh, colleges where some of our students um, obtain uh, certificates. I had one student last year. She had five certificates in child care and child development before she graduated. Five certificates. She got very serious about it, and she did it. We also um, enlist them in job trainings as well. Uh, our third semester is uh, focused on employment and housing. We want all of our students to go to work and save 60% of what they make. We provide everything else they need. We give them their hygiene products. We give them three meals a day. We have um, clothes there. We have all of their bedding. We, have, we meet their needs. So they're able to save 60%. So when they're finished with our 365, they're able to go out and hopefully find some housing. We have five goals for every student. Our first goal is we want them to encounter God. We know that things are not going to change in their life unless God is first. So that's our number one goal, encounter God. And that's also where the local churches come in. We want them to encounter God with you as well. Second is experience recovery. Recovery looks different for everyone. Not everybody that comes into the rescue mission has an addiction problem but they do have some kind of problem. We all struggle with some form of hurt, habit, or hang-up. That's what we want them to recover from, and we will help them do that. The third, uh, we already talked about the job training and placement. We want them to do that. That's one of our goals for them. Four, establish housing. We want everybody to establish housing. It looks different for every single person, but that's one of our goals. And the fifth is to enlist a support network. Again, that's where the church comes in to enlist a support network. They're going to need you when they leave us. We're there with them. They have 24-hour staff. But when they leave us, they're going to need support. So that's why we want to partner with the local church. So we have this thing called Operation Navigation. It's the vision 
of, this, uh, of San Diego Rescue Mission. So at 120 Elm Street is the rescue mission. But we're going to set up in North County, in Oceanside, actually within the next couple of months, I think, right? The next couple of months, we're opening up um, a navigation center that will house 50 to 100 people. And they will stay there for 30 days so we can help them figure out what their next steps need to be. So it's 30 days. So next year, early next year, we're opening up one in National City. We've already purchased that. It's already being worked on and renovated. Now, we want a place in East County. We haven't found that yet, but we're talking to a few mayors and hoping that we can get the county to go along with us on somewhere in the East County. But that's our goal, is to have these navigation centers. People go there for 30 days. In that 30 days at the navigation centers, then they can determine if they're a good fit for Mission Academy or not. If they are, then they're going to send them to Mission Academy. They'll go through the the year-long program. If not, they are going to try and find a place for them. They will try to find out what that next step should be and what it should look like. We're not just going to send them back out after 30 days. We're going to keep them. (laughs) Okay, so the San Diego Rescue Mission approach looks something like this. Last year, over 20,000 people were homeless in the county of San Diego. 20,000 people. Think about that. So we have this strategic way we're going to approach it. We have outreaches. Let's see if I can get these right, ladies. Nod if I get it right. Okay, here we go. Um, First, we have our shower trailers, right? And they go to all different locations. And you would be surprised what those shower trailers do. I personally have a student that came to us because of the shower trailer ministry, and I'm so blessed that she's with us. Then we have ICU kits, and they hand out ICU kits. And in those ICU kits, I think we had some brought here at one point for the men's breakfast. Did the men nod if you got one? Some of you got one. ICU kits. And it's just we want people to know we see them. So there's little things in this little kit that make them realize we see you. We do see you. And then we have our special meals, right? So we call in the community for special meals. How many did we feed at Easter? Over 600 came in just for an Easter meal. And they don't just get a meal. They get prayer. They get ministry. They get clothes. They get backpacks. They get things like that. But we really want to be there to minister to them as well. We want to feed their soul and their body. What else? Is there something else? That's good? Okay. All right. Good. So then um, we have, we have Ketchum Carla. That's our fourth one. I knew there was another one. We have Ketchum Carla. And you might have seen her on the news from time to time. Um, Ketchum Carla was on the streets for a while. She came through the rescue mission, and now she goes back on the streets. And she builds relationships with these people, and she bonds with them, and then she tries to get them to come in. Not everybody's ready. But after a little while, if she builds that trust and they realize she really does love them, sometimes they'll come in and we can help them. So then they would go to a navigation center, right? We're going to send them to those navigation centers I just talked to you about, the three. North County, South, East, West, we're all, we're everywhere. Then they're going to send them to Mission Academy, which is a 12-month program. And then after their 12-month program, we have a beautiful graduation ceremony if you haven't seen it, you can view it online on our website. It's very moving. We had 49 students graduate um, just a few weeks ago, and that's very powerful, very powerful. 49 students. 
But we're not done. When they graduate, we're not done. We have our alumni ambassador, and she stays in contact with them. She wants to keep them connected. If they need more resources, even after they leave us, she is there to help them and connect them to resources. We're very grateful for her. But as I thought about this church, and I thought about you, and I've prayed about this place, what should we do? We can't do it alone, and we know we can't do it alone. We need the local church's help. We need your help. We need Mission Church's help. Now, we've already partnered with you with some things. But there's one thing I want to present today, and it's called the Walk With Me program. We have a little short video that I want to play for you that explains it a little better, and then I'll come back and finish up with you guys. we can all agree that our San Diego region is suffering from a serious homeless crisis. As followers of Christ, I sincerely believe the best way to get people off the streets permanently, well, it begins with you and it begins with me. Walk With Me is a new initiative of the San Diego Rescue Mission, where we partner you with a neighbor transitioning from homelessness to give them the best chance of success. so important to have somebody cheering you along because... When you've made it to a point where you're on the street, you lose hope. Um, and to have someone encourage you through that process and give you direction and point you toward Jesus and healing and restoration, uh, that's what's needed. Imagine if the local church truly united to heal our region from homelessness. I mean, think about it. If being a Christ follower means living and loving like Jesus, why would we keep walking past those in need in our midst? Why would we think there's nothing we can do to help? When we step outside the walls of our church, out of our comfort zones, and start to see people as Jesus did, to listen to them, to understand their stories, and gently guide them to a greater story, now that's transformational. What Walk With Me is trying to do is break a cycle, and our hope is that all our vulnerable neighbors experiencing homelessness can feel valued and loved and seen just as God sees them, and through the power of relationship experience the fullness of life they desire. We focus on developing genuine friendships with those in need of restoration and healing. We have a life-changing movement in the making. Join us. Let's be the change we want to see. We believe you have a part to play in the work God is doing through the Walk With Me movement. If you're feeling moved or inspired to be involved, visit our website and sign up today. We'll help you get started and we'll support you every step of the way. We have a young girl that seemed to be living a great life. She had a mom, a dad, a dog, a trampoline. She had anything she wanted. She admitted she was spoiled and the family favorite. She was a skater. She was a really good skater. She had natural talent and ambition. She was even sponsored by two companies. She was making videos and on the road to success. Then dad lost his jobs and things got tense between mom and dad and life was becoming unstable for this young girl. Parents were off and on and mom began using and her parents split up for good. Mom and her and a little sister ended up living in a 20-foot travel trailer with no power. And 
no water. Moving from one spot to another, trying to find food for the day and just survive. This young lady at age 13 started her fall into a life of drugs and drinking. She stopped stopped skating and started running away. She became depressed and there were times when she was self-harming five times a day. She knew things needed to change when her friend overdosed. This young lady, along with her mom and her sister, came to the rescue mission about a year and a half ago. She was battling depression, not wanting to leave her room or do anything. This bright, beautiful, talented young lady, not able to get out of bed. I thought, what if she had a walk with me, friend? Someone that would come and take her for coffee or lunch or just walk along the boardwalk with her. What if one of you became her friend? She has started therapy. She goes to school virtually and in person two days a week. And she just celebrated 18 months of sobriety. That deserves applause. (laughs) A girl that didn't want to come to the mission now calls it home. She never wants to go back to her old life. If she had a walk with me, friend, they would stay with her, connected with her, continue to walk with her. This young lady displayed such bravery this past week when she came into my office and shared her story with me. I want to introduce you to her. She's here today. Shelby, would you stand up? We have a nine-year-old boy who has been the pawn between a bad breakup, parents' custody battle, pulling him here and there. And he's the one that's affected. He is struggling in school. He's struggling with behaviors. He is just struggling. But he has a desire to play the piano. And I thought, what if one of you came every other week to give him piano lessons? Would that give him something else to focus on? Something positive in his life? How would that change him? But most importantly, how would that change you? You could be Jesus' hands and feet for this little boy. We have never had walk-with-me friends for our children or our family units, but we see that our families need some extra support. So we're starting this little thing called Walk With Me Plus. We're very excited about that, and we can't wait to have T-shirts. I'm not sure what's going on in your heart and your mind when you hear these stories and when you hear about San Diego Rescue Mission. But if you're being tugged, if you're being pulled, you're also probably being whispered to in your ear. You're not good enough. Who are you to offer help to anyone? Oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I'm so broken myself. Well, why don't you just answer the call God's placed in your heart right now and then let him worry about the rest? That's my challenge to you. We have people here today that are going to answer your questions. We have a table set up. If you are interested in partnering with us in any way, shape, or form, we want to talk to you. We want to meet you. and We want to encourage you. You will be equipped. You will be trained. We don't just stick you with someone the first day you come in. We work with you. There are trainings. A lot of them are online, so you can do some of the trainings at home. You don't have to be down there all the time. 
But I want you to consider it. I want you to pray about it. We're going to sing a song. I have no idea why I thought I could sing after I did this, but I'm going to try and sing a song for you guys. And I hope that um, if God is talking to you right now, that you will talk to someone after service. Would you do that?